Welcome to Lose the Gut Podcast. It's the only podcast you'll need to have the information to lose the gut and get asked the first time in your life. I can help you do this by teaching you through mindset, nutrition, and training, because these are three core fundamentals that you'll need. So let's go dive into today's episode. All right, today we're going to be talking about the benefits of aminos, BCAs, and etc. Also, if I do sound a little different, it's because I got some needles in my face, but a little veil over here, so it kind of hurts to move my facial muscles. So just bear with me over here. Soreness. How sore should I be? What to do when you just don't feel like working out, recovering from injuries? Can you mix up BCA whenever to your curb some craving? Thoughts on cutting and bulking. Should they be done in cycles or should you just focus on straight bulking? For example, how much is like too much in the gym? So let's go start first one with the benefits of mill slash BCA. Now, when I first used BCAs, I thought they were like a night and day difference. It was like, okay. I don't take the BCAs and lose all my muscle in this cut. Like that's literally where I thought when we had my very first cuts ever. So my first bodybuilding show that was pretty much over five years now. And that was my initial question because that's what I heard from others. Now, what I really learned is there's only three kind of amino acids in a BCA. So there's leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Now, the thing is protein powders, chicken breasts, eggs, they all have all three of these ones. And the most important one is the leucine because that triggers muscle protein synthesis. So if you're really getting enough protein from your diet throughout the day, they're pretty much almost like useless. Now, EAs are a little bit different for essential amino acids. They can help a little bit in terms of recovery aspect. If you're joining a BCA, unless you're pretty much under eating protein, then it really has no benefits. And I would say it's a waste of money. EAs are a lot better in that hand because they're essential amino acids. Basically, there's nine of them and you have to get through all these nine through diets because your body can't make them. So proteins, based amino acids, there's 21 of them, and EAs have nine. So basically essential, meaning you have to get them to your diet. So EAs are the better one, if anything, and they can help prevent a little bit of the muscle loss. In that sense, if you take the ancient workouts, very, very slight to the degree. Now, the effects of them are definitely exaggerated. I personally take them right now because I am sponsored by EHP Labs and just sent me a lot of them. So it tastes amazing too as well. And I would say they're actually really good at craving or curbing your sweet tooth. So let's just say you would normally have a sweet craving and you wanted, let's say, some ice cream. Or if you wanted, let's say, I don't know, a cheesecake or some sugary drink, then having a BCA definitely helps me out with that personally. What EAs, because they're nice and like sweet over there. Especially as like a soda stream too as well. I did this before. I ran out of gas on the little tank on my soda stream. Got to get another gas tank on it. So it tastes absolutely amazing. I would say it tastes even better than a pulp itself. So pretty cool how that could do. All right, soreness. How sore should I be? So if it's your first time really working out, you'll probably feel really fucking sore. Like really sore. Now, there's no really like a scale how really sore you should kind of be. But the thing is, the more you do workouts and it goes by, and when you're doing a training program, you shouldn't be as sore. So maybe week one, super sore. Maybe you call it like an eight out of 10 in terms of like soreness, you can barely kind of move. Then next following week itself, maybe it's going to be like a five. And then later on, it's kind of like pretty much like a two or like a one or pretty much nothing at all uh, after a couple of days or like a day after that one. Because your body gets used to that stimulus over there, especially working that muscle. If you never really worked up before or took a long time off from working out, then it's a new stimulus for your body. And therefore, your body has to adapt to that one. But as the more you work out, the more you get into it, you have to be a sore. Now, we do train, should you train program, if you train intensity, you're probably going to feel sore just because it's a new kind of stimulus in that way. 
But soreness is not an indication of good workouts. What a good indication of workout is if you're progressively overloading. So let's just say you log in your workouts, you do five more pounds, or we'll roll a rep using the same weight as last time. Something like that, that's a good indication of workouts. The soreness is not, right? That's just your body recovering that process to a new stimulus. Like even for me, example, I did like yoga like a month ago itself, and I was sore the next day because it was a new stimulus. Did I really work on my body in terms of muscle-wise? Everything like that? No, it was just a dimless, different kind of stimulus. And let's just say it was the, uh, I was going to say the adductors, which is inner thigh muscles. A lot of people don't work on that. But if you did that too as well for the very first time, because I remember when I worked on my adductors, every first time, the inner thigh muscle, like I was so sore, I could barely walk the next day, right? I've been ready training for like seven years at the point, never training that one particular muscle, but it's a new stimulus. It's a muscle nearly worked on. But point is, new stimuluses generally make it kind of sore. So even if I went, let's just say I'm golfing for like eight hours, one day itself, because I did a whole bunch of rounds, I probably really sore the next day, even though I could bench a lot of fucking weight, lift a lot of weights just because that stimulus, it's so different, right? And your body is really unique in that sense, right? Where it's like, okay, if I'm used to the same kind of motion with stimulus, I'm going to recover a lot quicker and not be sore. But once you use stimulus in that kind of aspect, your body has like, whoa, okay, this is a lot different. So you should be kind of sore over there. The point is, over the weeks itself, you should be reduced that soreness as it continue on the program. It's not going to be nearly as bad, especially the first time you do it. All right, what to do when you just don't feel like working on this? Now, this is one question that I got pretty much today, almost even, from my clients. And he was pretty much like, man, like I had no energy after my workout. This is a little different scenario, but I'm going to link them together. So after the workout, pretty much he's like, man, I had no energy to do my cardio. So I just skipped out on it. I was like, you know what separates people who actually see it? People don't. And I was like, it's the people who do it when they last thing along do is do it. Right. So basically, it's easy to do your workouts when you feel like it. It's easy to do your workouts when you're motivated. But what do you do when you're not motivated? What do you do when you don't have energy? What do you do when it's the last thing you want to do? Right. That's what separates people who actually succeed and don't succeed because it's fucking easy to do things when you have all the energy in the world. Right. You have a really great seed when you're eating really well. Right. Whenever all the ducks in your row, but when shit goes sideways or you don't have energy or it's a bad day itself. Those are days I fucking count. Those are days you're absolutely pushing yourself. The other days you're, you're fucking motivated, right? You have everything going for you. So those are days that are going to get you close toward the goals. But the days that are actually hard for you are what's going to separate you from actually achieving that goal itself, based on how the winners and the losers who don't actually end up achieving that goal. So you really have to push through it. And there's so many fucking days in my life where I didn't feel like working out, especially at the times where I worked like five jobs at one time. And it'd be like 2 a.m. and I was planning to do my work earlier in the day. I couldn't actually slip it through. And I'd just be debating my card. And I was like, man, fuck, like, you already worked, you know, all these hours today. Probably better rest. But I was like, plan to work out day. And also, at the same time, too, is what I told myself I was going to go that day. The schedule in the calendar, everything that. So I was like, okay, well, I was just, I defined myself debating my card. I was like, man, I should go home. There's a voice in my head. And then I would just count it down three, two, one, I'd start driving to the gym. You start driving to the gym itself. When I'm driving to the gym, it's like, man, I just try to turn around, just go home. It's fucking 2 a.m. in the morning, right? We should just get some rest. It's the last thing I want to do is fucking virtual, right? When I park at the gym, and the Friday's the last, and my voice in my head are still going like, hey, you turn around, it's not too late, right? Yeah, you're, you're here, but you're not in the gym working out. Like, the voice in my head is still fighting me. So I keep out to go to like, okay, no, you can do it. Three, 
to one, just get up and go, right? Get up and go. Even after I changed, even I started my first fucking reps, it's like, oh man, it's still not too late, right? The voices are always going to be fighting you, especially if it's a bad day or like you're really tired over there. You keep have to fight those voices. I think after it's like 15 or 20 minutes, that's what's like, man, fuck, I feel good now, right? I'm so fucking glad I worked out. And it just, it just does something to you, right? Especially when you keep fighting those voices over there because it's something you consciously have to do. We consciously had to do that. And the last thing you want to do, it just builds a big character to his wall and you're being that much more successful because it's easy to do shit when we're motivated. It's easy to do shit when you have all the energy in the world. But what the fuck are you doing when no one's watching? What the fuck are you doing when you're last thing you want to do is work out? What the fuck are you doing when you have no energy, right? You got to commit to the actions that you said you're going to do. And I generally do believe in that, especially if it's like something you plot for that day. That's what I really believe to follow through with, right? Because what you have in your calendar to as well, if you let yourself miss that workout, you tell yourself subconsciously, it's okay to miss these workouts, right? And generally in the grand scheme of things, you wouldn't have killed me. But what it really does is more of like a psychological aspect, right? It's I'm somebody who doesn't skip my workouts, right? Even though logically, if I miss that workout, it's fucking whatever. But psychologically, that's the biggest factor. And that's why people are losing that weight or hitting their end goal. Because logically, everybody should be, you know, doing getting healthier, you know, being the calorie deficit to lose that fat and hitting these workouts. But how many of us actually have abs? How many of us actually go through all that, right? Well, how many of us actually follow the applies to a T? Because we don't think with logic. Usually we think with emotion, right? And that's where human beings that were driven by emotions a lot of times, right? Otherwise, all of us would be super jacked. Healthcare would be uh, nothing. No, we were in the hospitals. That would be super healthy, right? But it's all these other factors that come through your day. And affect you like what's stressing you out how you're feeling from that one and what actual steps you take actual steps you're taking as a result of that and that's why i believe the coaching is very powerful in that aspect because i can help change your perspectives and ultimately that's a huge part right i could change your perspective and i could change your actions right and that's ultimately what i'm saying special things you need to find over here all right so recovering from injuries so we have our injury itself let's just say it is a chest injury you generally do want serious well, one, avoid that obviously an injury. You tighten other muscle groups when your chest is injured, let's say. So it's your legs, maybe it's your arms. Probably you could train a little bit of shoulders, uh, depending on the movements, right? You generally don't want ones that have any motions that might kind of trigger that chest itself, even like a dumbbell front raise, which can trigger that to a certain extent. So you definitely want to work with motions that are not using your chest at all, right? Some pulling motions and back motions can be great. Now, with that being said, we do come back from injury on the chest too as well. You definitely want to start lighter than you were before and build your weight back up, right? Because go just right right back into weight choosing before. One, you probably couldn't lift it because the yeah, muscle itself was pretty much idle the whole time, right? So you probably lost quite a bit of muscle, catabolic, just because you had a lot of real rest. Now, also, when you do work it out again too as well, it's probably really sore right away, even with middle weight, right? So it's slowly kind of building back up on that one. Right, I probably start with like maybe like fifty percent of the weight, or even like thirty percent. Right, to kind of judge how that feels over there. And if you could push more, don't push more. Right, you don't want to push until failure on those in your muscle itself. It's slowly working way back up. I'd probably say five reps from failure over there. It's probably a good kind of judgment call on when to kind of stop from coming back from injury and recover from that. All right, can you mix BCAs to curb a sweet craving? That's actually another question linked to the first one. Absolutely. So I, I remember my first trip ever, I pretty much used the hell of BCAs because of that one because I always had a big sweet tooth. I'd use it to curb it all the time. 
Now I am still using it to curb it, but not all the, all the time itself. Like I would say maybe like twice in the week itself where I am like, I mean, I have a once every single day, one intro workout, but I would say twice a week when I really craving something sweet and kind of evening, I'd cheese that instead. Absolutely. It's fantastic. It's really helped that sweet craving. I do believe in the Ninja Cream Eye. That's why I'm not having as much sweet cravings itself because that stuff is amazing. The Ninja Cream Eye is like a protein ice cream maker. I literally just use like fairly skim milk, protein powder, two ingredients, maybe some mushroom cocoa powder, which is now like 30 calories over there. And it's, it's magical. So, all right. Thoughts on cutting and bulking should be done cycles. Absolutely. It should be done cycles over there. Generally, for your bulking ones, they should be a lot longer. You should be bulking for like 75% of the time in terms of body mold objective, probably cutting around like 25% of the time. Because to build that body itself, you generally have to be in that calorie surplus to optimize the muscle growth over there. And most people, when they do kind of cut down, they think that will the muscle they actually do. And because of like all they look over there, but once they realize how much they cut down, they're like, Matt, I don't have nearly as much muscle. Unless you use it because they do like a bulk cycle that cut right away and a bulk and a cut, right? So you usually do like a long, long bulk cycle over there, you know, three fourths a year, cut down for like a quarter, or maybe have like a mini cut kind of in between over there to keep your hand sunset to keep it high. But yes, absolutely for bulking and cutting cycles, it should be pretty much a lot longer in the bulking. So probably like seven months, and the cutting might be like a three month thing over there. Right. But you'll probably do a lot of real bulking actually if you really want to maximize it in a couple of years. Right. That's like that. You really try to grow a lot of muscle mass over there. Now, I actually didn't start my first cut ever until the first five years of my bulk. So I literally bulked for five years straight. Then my very, very first cut. And even then, I didn't build enough muscle underneath still. Right. So that just really shows like, you know, how really long you have to bulk for because cutting fat is a lot easier than actually building muscle in the sense of like, how much you built or how much fat you cut. Because if you pretty much you cut like a pound or two of fat a week itself, and that's gonna make a significant difference visually. But building a pound of muscle is gonna take significantly longer, especially if you're working out for over time. And that pound of muscle itself isn't going to really show until you really do cut to as well. So that's why you usually have to bulk for a long, long, long time itself. And you do cut and basically reveal that new muscle. You just have to see how much you got dead. But during that bulk, you all of a sudden like trust that bulk process. You're gonna get a little bit fluffy, and your mind might kind of water off. And like I'm getting a little fat over here, but you will put on a little fat heavily during the bulk if you really want to maximize muscle growth. You generally have to trust that process. Now I've been there a lot of times, just mentally, and it can be really hard just seeing kind of like you being a little more shredded, having those abs over there, kind of slowly seeing that kind of go away, even though you are getting bigger. When just like a medical thing, especially with social media, I could really understand is everybody's still shredded year round. So it's like, man, in a place if you subconsciously over there. All right. So, how much is too much gym? So, I would definitely put to two days of rest a week. I wouldn't go three more than three days in a row to the gym without taking rest. So, I would do like three days on one day off as the most over there. So, I would say kind of anything more than that is going to be too much for how much your body can recover. Just because our muscles for outside the gym and not in the gym, right? And most people kind of get that wall. It's like, okay, um, I'm growing in the gym where they're stuck with seven days a week, you know, every single day, set a body part every single day, like two hours in the gym. That's a very common thing. It's like when people come to me, they're like, oh, I don't have, well, it's like I actually get two ends of the spectrum. Like one, like, oh, I could work on however much long to three hours in the gym. 
And other people are like, okay, I can't spend like two, three hours in the gym. I'm like, you don't need to, right? So there's a very big, wide spectrum of like how much time you need to spend in the gym, how many workouts you need to do. Even three days a week of getting with gym is very fucking good, right? You get significant results. I would say even up to like 80% of results going three days a week and going four, five, something like that is going to kind of topple that a little bit higher. But three days a week in gym, is it's like the 80-20 rule. So 80% of your gains can even come from 20, um, going three days a week by getting a little bit more than that can maximize that just a little bit more, right? So thanks for tuning in to Lose Gut Podcast. If you got value from this one, really learn something and want to take it one further step forward so you can lose the gut and finally get your abs, just DM me on Instagram at KevinWoo underscore the words gut and we can have a conversation to see if how it can help you out. Cheers.